0: You live in illusion and the appearance of things. There is a reality, but you do not know this. When you understand this, you will see that you are nothing. And being nothing, you
1: are everything. That is all.
0: distant sound of an iPhone alarm echoes down the walls of my brain. The alarm blares, pulling me from a dream in which Joe Rogan was hitting on me at his penthouse into the cool 6.30am morning air, flicking my legs out from under the sheets. My bedroom door creaks as I slosh to the alarm echoing off the surface of the table. My eyes squint as I take a pee. Then the thoughts start rolling in. Why do I go to this place every day? What's the point? I don't even like this job. I'm too old to be working at a place like this and then the reality sets in well shit if I don't go then I won't have money for rent I won't be able to buy food
1: well, finest, yep. I like the wrapping traffic talking trash with the homies just because we like the laugh And I'm 23 still got a whole lot of life to live I'm young but wise enough to know that I'm too young for a wife and kid.
0: Welcome to The Imperfect Buddhist, where we discuss Zen Buddhism and incorporating mindfulness into daily life. My name is Matthew Hawk Mahoney, and in today's episode, we will be discussing work and our careers. We all have moments where we question what we're doing with our lives, right? That feeling deep inside, the mind tossing and turning, asking, aren't I capable of more? A feeling of being stuck in one's work and career is a real and true existential crisis. We want to use our talents in our work, We want to experience flow. A flow state is the mental state in which a person performing some activity is fully immersed in a feeling of energized focus, full involvement, and enjoyment in the process of the activity. In essence, flow is characterized by the complete absorption in what one does, and a resulting transformation in one's sense of time. We typically experience flow in things that we're talented in or passionate about, so It seems intuitive that experiencing flow, say, while bagging groceries or wiping down a table would be impossible, right? So what you're trying to say, Mr. Buddhist, is that I just gotta quit doing what I'm not passionate about? Hmm, that's not reality for me. Is it for you? The reality is I must work right now. The work I do doesn't 100% or even 15% line up with my flow-activating passions. Many people, probably you too, aren't doing work that brings out this deep sense of involvement or passion. So, would it be logical that we could all just quit our boring jobs and only do what we're passionate about? So, what then are the majority of us to do? We find ourselves in between boredom, lack of purpose, and repetition on one side, and meeting our daily minimum needs like food and shelter. I remember back in the fall of 2009, I was 19, The staggering smell of burnt roast Starbucks coffee hit my nostrils as I began my first day at the cafe slash drive-thru combo in Tigard, Oregon. I took the job up north at Starbucks after being laid off in Southern Oregon. The cold, water-drenched air ran against my face as I walked home after my first day, all the while thinking to myself, this will only be for a while, Matt. This won't be what you do forever. Four years later, and thousands of lattes later, I was still at Starbucks. Watching Into the Wild about a young man, Christopher McCandles, selling everything and walking off into the woods, sparked a hope into me that transformed into a fire of plans. In 2013, after the end of a jealousy-ridden relationship, I decided, I'm getting a backpack and supplies, and I'm going to do this thing. I'm done with customer service. As mentioned in previous episodes, a few months later, I found myself living in a tent in my sister's front yard, working at a Best Western, doing you guessed it, customer service. Nearly 10 years after my exclamation that I would be done with customer service, I work at Chamlin's Books doing customer service. So what gives? Is this the case for you? Have you made resolutions that you'd be done with a certain line of work and still find yourself years later still in that field? What's the Buddhist approach to the depression and existential crisis of our work lives? Answering the first question, what gives? Why am I still doing the same thing? As is always the case in Buddhism, there are many answers to the same question. The answer to this question will be unique for you. Have you given the passions in your heart the time and effort to blossom and bloom into a career for yourself? If passion is too strong a word, have you taken time to explore your interests? Elizabeth Gilbert has a great piece on our website about listening to our curiosity. She says, I am a big advocate for the pursuit of curiosity. You've maybe heard me talk about this before. We are currently being told to pursue our passions in life, but there are times when passion is a tall order and really hard to reach. In seasons of confusion, of loss, of boredom, of distraction, the idea of passion can feel completely inaccessible and impossible. In such times, you are lucky to be able to get your laundry done, and when someone tells you to follow your passion, you give them the middle finger. But curiosity, I have found, is always within reach. Passion is a tower of flame. But curiosity is a tiny tap on the shoulder, a little whisper in the ear that says, hey, that's kind of interesting. Passion is rare. Curiosity is every day. Curiosity is therefore a lot easier to reach at times than full on passion. And the stakes are lower, easier to manage. The trick is to just follow your small moments of curiosity. It doesn't take a massive effort. Just turn your head an inch, pause for an instant, respond to what has caught your attention. Look into it a bit. Is there something there for you? A piece of information? For me, a lifetime devoted to creativity is nothing but a scavenger hunt, where each successive clue is another tiny little hint of curiosity. Pick each one up. Unfold it. See where it leads you next. Small steps. Keep doing that, and I promise you, the curiosity will eventually lead you to a passion. And that will be the end of boredom. Elizabeth Gilbert, let's not get ahead of ourselves either. Because in Buddhism, we talk about the root of suffering being craving. What's craving in this situation? Craving in this situation sounds like this, when I don't work here, I'll be happy. Or, my parents-in-law will treat me with respect when I get that higher-paying job as an accountant. These mental fictions about how all will be better when I have fill-in-the-blank are illusions. Yes, making more money does increase people's quality of life and feeling of well-being up until a point. Once our basic needs and ability to enjoy free time is met, money makes little impact on our happiness. What does walking the Buddhist path, when it comes to work, look like for me? Now, that I can answer. Do I, capital L-O-V-E, love my current job? No. Does my current job inherently activate my passion and states of flow? 10% of the time or less. So, how do I interact with my job, then, in a way that honors the life I am experiencing now, while also honoring my dreams and passions? Here is the paradoxical quality of Zen practice. Driving into work early at 7.30, I see the thought arise. Man, I'm bored with this type of work. I feel hopeless. I'll probably be in this line of work forever. But because I choose to sit Zazen this morning, I'm not as caught in that thinking. There's a certain amount of separation between the thoughts and me. So, I just see these thoughts roll by. Thich Nhat Hanh, Vietnamese Buddhist master, says, Feelings come and go like clouds in a windy sky. Conscious breathing is my anchor. So, to begin with, we must approach our life and thoughts with a sense of humor, with a sense of easiness. We let go of trying to control life so much, to make it fit into a perfect box that we have constructed. We let go, and then, with that sense of playfulness, we come back to the game of life with a sense of renewed vigor. For me, once I got a handle on my biggest stumbling blocks, namely, my thoughts on what others think of me, I moved into a 1979 Greyhound bus on my parents' property along the crashing Rogue River. There, while working customer service, I let go of all the things people say we need to be, quote, successful and, quote, grown-up adults. I rode a bike and foregoed the expenses of a car, budgeted and cooked meals on a small electric hot plate. Doing this allowed me to cut back on hours at my minimum wage job. Crazy, right? With my newfound free time, I poured thousands of hours into my music as Common Tiger. Playfully, I told myself, okay Matt, let's just see how big you can grow this online thing. Five years later, my Spotify account alone has over 13 million plays, my music being featured on playlists all over the planet. See, one of the biggest misconceptions about Buddhism is that we just meditate and be while never getting anything done. The truth is much more brilliant and multifaceted. In Buddhism, our aim is to let go of clinging, to let go of attachment and results and instead to focus our attention in the now and the doing. We place our attention in the doing, and the results flow from that being. Well, if my attention is always in the now, how will I ever plan for the future and move ahead in life? Our goal is to let go of moving ahead in life and begin experiencing our life. For when we have moved ahead in life, we will be right where we always were, which is here and now. The beautiful thing, though, is that our true aspirations and purpose arise out of our being, When our minds are no longer so preoccupied with its normal noise and chaos and is instead plugged into the current of life, we come from a deeper place of meaning in our life decisions. We come from a place of love. As my favorite self-help writer M. Scott Peck says, love is not effortless. To the contrary, love is effortful. When we make the effort to be in our lives, we begin to live from a place of love. So, what, then, does mindful living now and building for the future look like? Here's what it looks like for me. I work at a bookstore, running the register, answering the phones, and helping customers. I do this fully. I do my best. I see my dissatisfaction. I see my boredom with entry-level customer service. I study coding on the side. I spend 45 minutes every day learning how to program in the Python coding language. I do this also mindfully and present. I make a podcast weekly which meets a lot of my needs to be in a state of flow and passion. I do this also with mindfulness. Perhaps I do this for a year, or two years. Soon, my skills with coding are at a level that I can be of benefit to a company. I now work as a new software engineer. Again, my answer of what living from a place of mindfulness looks like, and the actions that flow from that, and what your answer will look like, could be very different. When you tap into your life through awareness, truth will begin to flow. You will begin to see things in a different way, or things will change. Regardless of what happens, though, you will be carried and held in the flow of life. A quote from Eckhart Tolle, the author of The Power of Now. As soon as you honor the present moment, all unhappiness and struggle dissolve, and life begins to flow with joy and ease. When you act out the present moment awareness, whatever you do becomes imbued with a sense of quality, care, and love. Even the most simple action. Drum roll, please. I would like to introduce you to a new segment where I include input from my good friend Rick Terliger. This new segment is called Further Along the Path, and, well, it's aimed at offering a different vantage point from someone that's potentially further along the path and has more experience. On work and careers, Rick has this to say. We think we have more control over what happens in our lives than we actually do. I know that this will elicit resistance in many, but our lives, the events in our lives, who we know and how... All these things react with each other is far more complex than we are willing to admit. We live in a system of events and occurrences that dictate the world around us. We are not solely responsible for all that happens. We want to believe otherwise, but we are but a part of a larger set of circumstances than just our own experiences. Each person, each place, each set of interactions comes together to work in a complex and interrelational way, take comfort in this and try not to deny the marvelous orchestration of all that is happening around you. Know that you are but a small part of so many storylines. Yes, do what you see as necessary. Make decisions and do what you think is right. Just remember that everything is not in your control, even if you want it to be. Try your best to see all these elements that contribute to any situation and decide where best to help. This episode was a joy to write. And funny enough, I experienced a great deal of flow while producing it. This one felt more off the cuff and broke away from some of the structure that I had followed in previous episodes. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to be notified when new episodes are available, please smash the subscribe button. It helps with the podcasting algorithm. I hope you have a wonderful week. Bye!
1: Seriously, have a good week. Introduce and destroy your flyness, yep, I like to rap in traffic Talking trash with the homies just cause we like the laugh And I'm 23, still got a whole lot of life to live I'm young but wise enough to know that I'm too young for a wife and kids but it's cool though i'm on the beach chilling sipping guinness laid up with my girl while we taking pictures you feel me a wise man told me life is for the living and there's a whole lot of world yes yeah, seeing it is the mission let's get it no cares in the world how i give it up if it ain't good vibes i ain't pulling up Hakuna. Brigade, you know what's up when we rolling up, instead of talking about all them foes you clutch and the girls you bust enjoy life, complaining ain't making changes, make it happen ain't no time for them excuses nor explaining homie them negative vibes, they blow on my high, I'm out here dying to live, you out here living to die, but I get it my guy, truthfully I'm not here for the foolery, I conquered my dark times, yes this Happiness is new to me Positive vibes only Good spirits or no me I'm passing on negativity That energy is below me, homie No cares in the world How I give it up If it ain't good vibes I ain't pulling up Hakuna Look at my life. Then look at yours. Get some ambition, while you're bored. Time will never wait on no man. Society will never hold your hand. Look at my life. Then look at yours. Get some ambition, while you're bored. Look at my life. Then look at yours. Get some ambition, while you no cares in the world how i give it up if it ain't good vibes i ain't pulling up hakuna matata it means no worries homie hakuna matata it means no worries homie